0: Hey, everyone. How you doing? Thank you for listening, and thank you for all the support. I don't say it nearly enough, but I do appreciate everyone who continues to support the show, download the episodes, and share them with your friends. It means a lot, and it's a big reason why I continue to go out and try to find interesting people to bring on the show, share their perspective with you. Like my guest today, who quite honestly needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him one because he deserves it. He is a Green Beret Special Forces sniper, a former UFC middleweight fighter. He was also the co-star of Hunting Hitler on the History Channel, and most recently on the Discovery Channel on Hard to Kill. You probably know him from the Joe Rogan experience, and he's the one who's directly responsible for putting in motion this conversation about Donald Trump and Joe Biden having a debate moderated by Joe Rogan. He's an American badass and a fucking hero, and uh, I couldn't have been more excited to have him on the show and have a conversation with him. His name's Tim Kennedy, folks. Enjoy the show. But before we do, a really quick shout out to our sponsor for the podcast, Action. Look, guys, if you're a coffee drinker and you haven't gone to drinkaction.com, and that's Action with a K, you're missing out. You see, Action has the best specialty coffee that you're going to taste and they're releasing a brand new specialty roast in partnership with Anthony Rumble Johnson on National Coffee Day this Tuesday, September 29th. It'll be available at the website, and if you use code word CURIOUS, you'll get 15% off your order. Or if you sign up for the subscription model, you'll get 20% off your order. It doesn't get easier than that, and it doesn't get cheaper either. I think I did the math, and it's something like less than 50 cents a cup if you sign up for the subscription model. Now, I didn't usually order coffee online, but once I realized that Action roasts the product on demand, so you're getting fresh coffee when you order. So don't worry about it sitting on the shelf for a couple of months and being stale. You're buying premium coffee. You want premium coffee. They also have products like Active, which is a hemp and turmeric-based product that's designed to bring anti-inflammatory effects. I'm not sure if you're familiar with turmeric and hemp and the power of CBD, but it's extremely powerful go to drinkaction.com and enjoy the episode awesome brother well you know before we get into this at all first and foremost thank you for your service i love my job yeah man and, and thank you to everybody who's protecting and serving this country I. You know, I think it's uh, obviously something that's not said nearly enough. Um, and right now at a time where I think it can't be said enough um, because of what we're going through. And, you know, I sent you over some talking points of some things that I wanted to uh, to discuss. But um, I think one thing prior to that that you had shared on your social, and it kind of leads into what I just said, was around the story of Sergeant Roy Benavides. And... Uh what a badass. You know, man, I I looked into that after I saw what you posted. And I mean, aside from just being an extremely inspirational person and story, the perspective that you can gain from reading something like that. And I think we live in a time where people are so naive and and maybe even ignorant um, to what's happening minute by minute, day by day, year by year, in the background that they don't see, hear about at all, um, but allows them to hop on Twitter or social media and share opinions that, you know, are not necessarily in line with how you or I, or maybe, maybe others think as well. Um, And I just think it's so important to highlight that because there's people dying every day for our freedoms. And uh, we take that way too much for granted.
1: Yeah, that's, that's absolutely true. Um, You know, fortunately we live in a place where, I don't think we're ever going to have a shortage of brave, courageous young men and women that are going to step up and answer the call. Um, You know, that's, that's sad, but it's also um, pretty powerful and pretty remarkable that we live in a place where we have such brave patriots
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's such a pivotal time coming up with an election. And you had mentioned uh, in a podcast, I'd heard about JP Sears. And, yeah. you know, I'm a big fan of JP and everything, the way that he kind of gets his message out there in a in a consumable way that's kind of funny and nonchalant, but that really touches on important subjects and and whatnot. And, you know, I, I don't know how well you know him um, and kind of what he's been dealing with, but you know, curious is your thoughts on where censorship is going, and uh, you know how how do we combat that on a daily basis.
1: How how do we combat it? Yeah, uh, we vote. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the direction that we're going censorship wise is it's, is if we're living in an Orwellian world, um, like we're in 1984, and um, it's really I never thought in my lifetime it would have happened so fast where. A perspective, an opinion. You know, a, a point of view. We could be, so effectively be silenced. Um, you know, with the the dawn of the internet, I was just like, oh, this is beautiful." We we're gonna we're, for the first time ever, we're gonna be able to truly be free to access information that is unbiased and that is un- objective. Uh, and how naive of me, right, like the forefathers they knew that humans would always mess it up, mm-hmm. um, and that's you know that is absolutely what's happened, you know, where you can't even use a search engine, you can't even use google and and not be aware that the information that you're receiving is bias you know I can't go to Wikipedia without understanding that it's been curated specifically for a specific perspective, you know, let alone. The social media companies, from Instagram to Facebook to Twitter to TikTok, um, Snapchat—all of them curating information—and and, um, and that—that's—that's a—that's not only, I would say, it's a dangerous precedent, but it's not a precedent because it has been done before. It has been done countless times. Mm-hmm. You know, the communists did it. The fascists did it and they did it very effectively and they still do it to this day and um and th- the fact that we have i realize they're private companies but that is the most accessible form of communication to the to the entire population of the united states mm-hmm. um and with that being manipulated and curated it, it is um it's time for change they, they have to be held accountable
0: yeah i mean almost kind of a bait and switch right it's like facebook was the, you had to have a, a ed.edu uh, domain name on your email address to initially sign up for it and all these college age kids young professionals kind of signing up and now obviously it's completely done a 180 on that you know obviously voting the most important thing that we can do but is there a problem and i guess where i look at this and wonder if we can dig out from underneath it is so many of these people are coming into leadership positions at companies like you know whatever these social media organizations and they've been doctrinated through the educational systems that they're a part of into a certain way and belief and so aside from what we can legislate should legislatively get through from voting and in laws there's kind of a mindset that's brewing inside of education uh, so to speak, that are the future leaders who are going to make the decisions on what should or shouldn't be shown and curated.
1: Yeah, um, teacher, teachers' unions and um, from accredited colleges to tenured professors. You know, if if you were going to try and find a group that had been more rooted in Marxism, I, I don't think you could find a group more Marxist than that group. And um, they're the ones that are teaching and structurally organizing how our young are going to be educated, and that that's frightening. Um, you know the the KGB in the '60s and '70s said that they were going to infiltrate our education system and do exactly what has happened, which is part you know imparted Lenin's ideas to the faculty and then the faculty of course then puts it on the students and um like we we have to have a hard reset mm-hmm. whether that's every single tenured professor takes a walk i don't i don't care how it happens but there has to be a complete full reset where we can have opposing viewpoints and i mean the the, the point of education is it, it is a controlled environment for ideas to flourish any idea good ideas, bad ideas, right wing ideas, left wing ideas, um, engineering ideas, creative, technological ideas. And right now, um, if those ideas don't fit a certain narrative, they're squashed. And that's that, that. what a, what a horrific environment that has been created by current university faculty.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I'm a big analogy person, maybe because I'm not smart, and so I have to kind of simple things down a little bit, but I grew up next to a reservoir with a a fairly large dam that was uh, upstream from a a small community of like 10,000 people. And I remember seeing divers that would go in and check the structural integrity of a dam, and they were ruthless, right? They're ruthlessly looking for any crack in that foundation, which could be deemed hazardous to the people who live downstream. And when they find those cracks, they identify them, and then they try to find solutions to fix them. And I feel like we don't have that now. We have divers that are going down and ruthlessly looking for these cracks and then taking jackhammers and busting it open even further because at the end of the day, they want the dam to break. They want that town to be destroyed and wiped clean for their own ideas, it seems. Um, And that, you know, it's, it's very chilling in a lot of cases when you see that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, your your analogy is every Marxist revolution that's ever happened in the past seventy years, mm-hmm. and um, the village dies. Like historically, we know how that story ends because you can open a history book. Well, you can open a history book right now. Don't try to Google it because most of those have already been wiped clean. Yeah. Um, I'm not joking. Like no, you I know. Know how, diffi- how difficult it is to to see real numbers. That it, that happened post Leninism, like it's it's astonishing how effectively they have hidden the millions and tens of millions of people that perished at the hands of Marxists. So um, it is a great analogy, and you can reference the you know the past seventy years to to see that in in factual historical examples. Mm-hmm. To bummer.
0: Yeah, now it is. Um, but I, I don't want to be too negative. I mean, I am optimistic, and I think the the election itself could be a good changing point. I think getting past this kind of tipping point of everybody's emotions, and you know, kudos to you for putting the pressure on and bringing up the things that you do. I mean, I don't know if we'll get to see this debate that you kind of threw out into the air, but man, would that be fucking awesome? Uh, I,
1: I was so surprised to see such stark. Um, from uh, the the Democratic Party specifically, like the the deep indoctrinated, um, from 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 lobbyists to organ to public organizers to even campaign officials, and then of course the media immediately try and squash the idea, mm-hmm. and that 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 was the most telling thing about the whole idea, the the concept of having a moderator who has. An inquisitive mind like Joe is a, a pretty smart guy um, but whatever his faults are one of them c- you could never doubt that he wants to know more and he asks the questions that I think most people want to know the answers to from any given guest and in in the podcast world it creates opportunity for long-form conversations and this long-form conversation in, in problems that we're facing with race and with the economy and with, you know, use of force with police officers, those are not sound bite length conversations. Those are things that have to be, you know, they're nuanced, um, they're complex, and you have to get to the root of some things. So the idea of having, you know, the president and um, former vice president sit down and talk about their ideas and i i think that just being able to hear two different ideas and then we get to make the decision about which one of those ideas we can stand behind and which one of those ideas make the most sense the, the current debate forum and the the model for how presidents have been debating has been broken for centuries for, for at least decades I argue that it has become a popularity contest in the past hundred years, and I, I want the point of a debate is to put ideas through a refiner's fire, and we get to pick which ideas hold true to the pressure of the refiner's fire. But now it's just like I go up there, and ho- hopefully somebody gets that I got you moment, you know, and like maybe somebody's tie looked better, or the the audience applauded better for something or the light looked better, or the camera angle was better, or like, insert whatever crap is orchestrated um, by the host. It's not a real debate. And that's what I want. I just want real information. I don't even know what Biden's running on. Like, I don't even know his platform.
0: Do you have any idea? I don't. I, I had an argument, uh, actually, the last show that I did with uh, someone where I just said, you know, it's the It's the question that a lot of people are asking, but can you tell me why Joe Biden without giving me anything negative about Trump? Because as somebody who isn't voting for Joe Biden, I would love to know if maybe I'm missing something and I'm confused that somebody who's been in politics for 40 years, that there's a lot of lifelong politicians who have the same kind of on paper record that Joe Biden has. I would think that somebody that got lifted to nominee of Democratic candidate would have some glaring success stories tied to their name that he'd be eager to share in long form. And because the guy that I asked, he said, I don't really know what he stands for. All I care about is character. You know, Character, obviously, I think it's extremely important, but character can be manipulated. And I personally don't know Joe Biden or Donald Trump, and I've seen sound bites and things from both of them, but character can be manipulated based on where you're listening to things. And the record of somebody is pretty black and white. And so that's where I think we should be starting is the record. Uh, because that's what affects you and I on a daily basis. You know, what are you going to do to my taxes? What are you going to do to schooling, healthcare? Those are the things that are important. And yeah, I would love for somebody to be a great stand-up guy. That's not rude and, and moral, but at the end of the day, we have to look at this with a wider lens and say, what's important and impacting our civilization the most.
1: Yeah. I I think that's very intuitive and insightful of you. You know, the, I can say I'm moral, right? Like, hey, I'm the most moral person you've ever met. But the only way that you can judge uh, my my integrity are by my actions. And in the political world, your actions are your record, the things that you have done, um, the things that you voted on, the accomplishments that you've made in the public sector. And I can't, I don't know what those are for Joe Biden. And more importantly, I don't even know what he says he's going to do for the next four years if he were to be elected in November. And, you know, we're, we're, we're a couple of months away from the election, and to have a candidate, and I'm interested. Like, I want to know. Mm-hmm. And it is very difficult to try and discern what he's going to do. You know, like Trump, I know what judges he's going to appoint. I know um, what his tax plan is going to look like. I know what his foreign policy looks like. Um, he's literally like broadcasted it, of course, on Twitter. I wish somebody would take his phone away from him, but, um, I would like to know, maybe give Joe Biden a phone, you know, like I know he has a Twitter account. Could you hand him a phone and have him maybe tweet to the American people what he plans on doing for the next four years? I I, I would like to know. Yeah, no. It's a great put him back in the basement.
0: (laughs) It's a great point, man. Um, You know, you had mentioned earlier, you saw Pittsburgh in the news and I I wasn't sure if you had seen, there was a a couple of demonstrations recently and people were sitting outside kind of enjoying their outdoor lunch or early dinner and some protests came through and people were walking up to tables and grabbing plates and smashing food and drinking beer. And you know, there's just-
1: So don't don't call that a protest. That's what you just described- yeah, that, that's, that's rioting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a crime. Okay. So I, I yeah, I, I think we very, we very quickly have to ca- call a spade a spade, right? Like we know the English language. I, I know what protesting is and I fully 100% endorse it and I support it and I'll stand shoulder to shoulder protecting people so that they can protect, so they can protest. I've obviously deployed countless times so that you have the right to your first amendment to, to assemble and freedom of speech and to protest, but um, if you start breaking the law, you are not protesting. There is no form of protest. And matter of fact, what do I have right here? It's, uh. Do you need Do you need one of these?
0: Is that your uh, Constitution?
1: Oh, I have I have a stack you, of
0: them. Where are those at? Yeah,
1: anytime, anytime. Yeah, yeah. But this is all. This is my nice one. Okay, and I keep at my desk here. Um, so anytime somebody needs to, uh, declaration of independence oh, what a beautiful document, um, yes, oh, here we go. such a beautiful thing.
0: Have you ever read this entire thing? Not, not front to back. No. Oh,
1: you know what? You're gonna, you're gonna have to send me your address. Cause this needs to get sent to you pretty licky split. Um, at no point in article one th- does it say that you can go and pick up somebody's a business's stuff and smash it does it say that you can walk up to somebody that is um, you know, being a patron and commerce and steal their stuff or burn it or smash it or assault them um, it says that you can peacefully pr- protest and that you can peacefully assemble that's what it says so if you stop doing those things you're you're no longer afforded the freedoms that are enumerated in 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 the constitution so you can zip it put your hands behind your back and be arrested for violating the law Mm
0: -hmm.
1: but you were saying about the the rioters in pennsylvania yeah no
0: no you know what i was thinking was with all that happening um you know, you made a point that you wouldn't be caught dead in a place like that in the first place, kind of being aware of what's happening in and around a city. Um, But, you know, assuming you're sitting out in an area like that, I mean, the situational awareness that needs to be had and self-control. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy that even a year ago, so many people who just kind of go about their lives and, and don't have a whole lot of awareness, but are able to skate by because we live in a very peaceful place in most cases, right? Um, But you see a lot of people now who are caught completely off guard with no ability to protect themselves, to get themselves out of those situations and the level of vigilance that needs to kind of start taking place now. And and who knows, I mean, if that's gonna get worse in the short term before it gets much better. Um, You know, I know you do a lot in that space and it's something that I think about a lot. And I have some people in my life who are always harping on me, you know, getting me to, you know, pay attention to those things. Back your car in, like all these little things that, you know, as a younger version of myself, I thought were excessive and and a little nutty. Um, as I've become an adult and seen what's happening around me, have realized the importance and that. You know, you can't ever be prepared enough. I guess. No, you can't. Yeah, the um, it is definitely going to get worse.
1: Uh, I, I would like to say it's going to get worse before it gets better, but I, I don't know when it's going to get better. Um, you know, like it's it's not going to get better from now until November. And then it's not going to get better after November. And um, even if Joe Biden were elected, just, you know, we, we can use Portland, for example. You cannot find a mayor that is further to the left than the current Portland mayor. And they're going to his house and trying to set it on fire they're firebombing the mayor of portland's house uh, because he is not woke enough mm-hmm.
0: like
1: you, you you can't ever appease the mob there's nothing that you can do um and joe biden being elected is not going to appease a mock a marxist mob uh, they will want to break down and tear down absolutely everything that this document stood for mm-hmm. and um and whatever means necessary whether it's And it's not going through the appropriate means of of adding or subtracting to the constitution or putting in a justice that's going to see the constitution the light that they want to they will literally do what they're doing now which is burning and tearing things down Um, until they've they've erased all of the things that they don't like about this culture this society and this government
0: Oh, and it happens so fast, you know. The work that it takes right. to build it up is is erased rather quickly. Um, yep. Done by the wrong people. Yeah. So, how much of that? Is, so, I know you have sheepdog response, um, which you saw you have multiple levels of kind of situational awareness and kind of building the skills that are necessary for people to be prepared in these situations. You know how much of that is changing based on the current circumstances or are you adjusting kind of based on what's happening?
1: Yeah. The, the, the tactical training points, the TTPs, um, our POI. So our points of instruction are always, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a fluid world that's rapidly evolving. So we, we adjust how we're teaching and what we're teaching, but really like the fundamentals don't change. You know, if you're going to go and walk into a UFC fight, you have to understand the fundamentals of grappling, the fundamentals of striking, um, the, like the, the kind of cornerstones of different styles of martial arts. Mm -hmm. And with that, you're going to have this graduated version, this, you know, superior person that just, just knowing the basics, it's the same thing with shooting. You have to know the fundamentals of marksmanship before I can show you how to draw from a concealed carry. Um, you have to know how to basically hold the gun, how to squeeze the trigger, how to have side picture and side alignment. Um, and then there's lots of additional techniques. Well, with situational awareness, um, you know, being at the finish line of the Boston Marathon and trying to ID somebody wearing a hoodie that's dropping a backpack that has a pressure cooker in it filled with explosives um that is different than what we're dealing with now is how how do you identify um what is going to be a swelling of people like a mob um, that can descend onto a specific area pretty rapidly because they're very organized and um so the fundamentals of situation awareness are are still very straightforward you know we 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 have a real clear step by step we you know we try to change the way that you look at the world and we have these acronyms from ACOCA to GRIN to METTC um you know like with GRIN you have this global view so I understand right now we're in this big anti-racism movement that is throughout the whole entire world you know it's in it's in the Middle East. Um, where, you know, we have to recognize what's happening in Hong Kong. Hong Kong. We know what's happening in London. Um, and then, you know, it's happening all over Europe. And then re- regional, so here in the United States, the biggest thing is the BLM movement with Antifa. And then kind of the immediate area. So in my city, what are the things that are happening? And then near, super close, that directly affect me Um, what are those things? So that like macro to micro, um, we have steps of the way that you look at things, Uh, you know, the mind has a bandwidth and I can only see so much stuff at one time. Um, so the things that aren't, we, we, we teach you how to group and batch things that you don't need to worry about, you know, like an 80 year old white woman that is having a cup of tea at a restaurant. I can go ahead and remove her from my mind Mm -hmm. as a potential threat. Right. Uh, but that group of kids between 20 and 23 years old, or 20 and 30 years old, that are all wearing black, black pants, black sweatshirts, they have black masks on, and some of them have signs, and they're all beginning to congregate at this area. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a portion of my mind, and I'm going to go ahead and recognize that that is a potential threat. Um, so that's like how we, I know that sounds kind of harsh, but... That's, we have to teach how to use your mind effectively and efficiently to be able to get more information and be able to get rid of the things you don't need to use your bandwidth on and be able to focus on the things that you need your bandwidth for.
0: Well, and isn't that where the, the blurred line goes where then, you know, oh, you're, you're racist or you, you're you whatever because you're uh, discriminating or you're grouping people based on your observations. I mean, I would I would say that's what we've done our whole lives, right? I mean, from the beginning of civilization, we're looking at our surroundings and you're understanding what your threat levels are based on what you see. And I think it's ignorant to think that that's not happening. And if you aren't looking around and realizing that there's perceived dangers of different levels based on different characteristics of what you're seeing, then you're in a world of trouble.
1: Yeah. It's uh, you're setting yourself up for failure. If you're not Mm -hmm. tracking what's happening around you and there's no, more efficient way to do it than batching and grouping. Um, I know the ca- can- cancel culture is like, you know, you you can't even know my my gender, you know, because I get to choose that. That's fine. You get to do that for you, but I also get to group and identify whoever I want, however I want, in whatever category I want. That is going to protect me and mine. Yeah. Like, whatever your belief system is, that you don't get to project that onto me because, like, I have my own belief system and um, and when it comes to like the protection of my family you have no say in what my belief system is
0: mm-hmm. no it's so true now do you does a lot of that s- stuff fall in line and similar with um i know you're big involved in counter human trafficking and that's something that i've as a new father you know having a one-year-old definitely paying a lot more attention to and i'm up here in pittsburgh so i'm kind of right at the interstate 80 corridor i'm right at the you're in the heart of it of a turnpike a lot of trucks and you know we were in austin this past week and the thing that i noticed was my phone lit up like six times with amber alerts and my wife and i were talking just you know she i had some business stuff and she's kind of out in austin enjoying some of the things and the city has to offer and you know part of me is like you know are i know you're paying attention i know you're aware but like you can't be aware enough um and so I, I imagine there's a lot of overlap to that, but there's probably a lot of differences as well.
1: Um, no, I mean, the protection of your kids, you're, you're implementing situational awareness. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, from the exact same grina Met, TC, it's, it's the same acronyms, and it's the same way of thinking, and I'm just applying it to a different threat. Um, I'm not applying it to a, a group, a mob, that's going to come and flip my table over pour my beer on my head. If I don't pump my fist in the air in solidarity, um, I'm looking for somebody that's gonna walk by and pick up my, you know, I have oh, a little girl that's 11 months and 28 days. She turns one year old in two, year, in two days. Um, like two years from now, three years from now, she's prime, think about that. Prime to be trafficked and to be kidnapped. So um, you are an idiot and you're a bad parent. And you are naive if you don't realize that that threat is real. Uh, it's it's disgusting that I mean, there are people that are trying to recognize pedophilia as a sexual orientation. Yeah. And um, I mean that's I I can't even fathom how that could be the case. But then even worse is there's a large group of people that look at people like me and my colleagues that fight human trafficking. And they go, man, that's an obsession. It's a weird obsession. It's probably an unhealthy obsession that um, these, this specific group of people are always fretting over. And, but what they're trying to do is make us look like the outlier, the, the group of us that are trying to protect little, little girls and little boys that are being kidnapped in sex traffic. And, I mean, God bless them, that they don't know how, how big this industry is. But it's not a little thing. This is not – an. we are not an outlier. We are fighting a real gigantic threat that is a billion-dollar industry that is all over the world to include the United States. I'm not talking Africa. I'm not talking um, super poor areas of Asia. I'm talking about where you live and where every single urban metropolis is in the country real real problems
0: yeah there was somebody that just was arrested a couple of weeks ago that was 20 miles north of us it was a part of a large sting in the cleveland area and you know that just to your point man i is there anything more important than protecting kids? i mean maybe just the fundamentals of freedom but i mean the children are the future i the fact that you would get any type of criticism for that is absolutely disgusting
1: you, you can throw stones at weinstein he's disgusting you can you know attack jeffrey Epstein; you know he's the devil um you know his madame should burn in hell for forever everybody that hopped on that plane and flew to that island and did whatever they did to those little girls you know like i hope you find justice um i'm more concerned about the recent immigrant that's living in el paso that has three kids that's going to be walking into the gas station convenience store to grab you know, a 2% milk for their five-year-old to walk out and find all three of their kids missing out of their car. Like that happens daily, daily. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking plane full of billionaires going to an island. I'm talking about Shreveport, Louisiana. You know, I'm talking about St. Augustine Island, Florida. The human, the largest human trafficking event in American history was the last Super Bowl. And the one before that, the previous Super Bowl. And the one before that, the previous Super Bowl. Like every single every single year, we reset our own record with the most trafficked girls to be used at a specific time in the United States is just the next big sporting event that's at a big city. Because there's more girls, there's more people, there's more money, there's more opportunity, there's more trafficked
0: girls. Mm-hmm. And I'd imagine it's people who come from impoverished communities that don't have the resources to then go looking for the children, or maybe the. No. there's it. Everybody.
1: No, I mean they're they they target the ones that um, don't even make it on the back of a milk carton,
0: you know. Yeah.
1: Um, hell, they don't even do that anymore. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Um, you know, Maria Gonzalez, um, single mom who's ex-husband is now back on the South side of the border after he was deported. Uh, and she's just kind of barely making it by putting food on the table for her, her two, three, four kids. Um, a couple of those kids disappear.
0: Don't hear a thing about it.
1: Never. Right. She, she helps. She doesn't even report it because she's scared of being deported.
0: Do you have an idea like, or do we as a, as a nation have an idea of the number? of kids in those situations that are trafficked yearly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be blown away, aren't I? Yeah, you are. Yeah. Tens of thousands. (sighs) Man. Yeah. And it's
1: not going to change like until society changes, like you can't, um, like how successful was the war on drugs? How'd that, how'd that work out for us? No, right. Because the the consumer is the one that dictates the culture, the the, the consumer, Mm -hmm. the us, the people, if the demand is there, the product will be available because it'll be worth something. So we, as a population, as a collective have to say, this is detestable. This is disgusting. And anybody that does that, they're going to be hung in the street. Like, I don't care what you do, but it has to be so known that there cannot be any doubt about the, the, the complete mullet and say, I'm just that the nature of the act is pure evil. And until we um, until a businessman that's that's traveling to, uh, you know, to Miami doesn't go and get a little rub and tug from a 13 year old girl or hey, if I give you an extra hundred bucks, like, he's perpetuating that market and um so we just have to be better people we until then this will we'll never be able to stop it
0: now, well i imagine that changing laws to make it less of a penalty in the state of california doesn't really help the cause so that does not yeah. No, it's a shame man yep <sighs> wow Man, uh, these are deep these are deep topics yeah no i know i'm i'm curious man i you're unapologetically honest and and real, and that's something that you don't get. Um, so when I have you know the opportunity to have these types of conversations, I like to challenge my own thinking. I like to you know challenge other people's way of thinking and put out the information that maybe they're afraid to go seeking for themselves. In a lot of cases, um, there's a lot of it's nonchalant it's- surface level crap out there, you know.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird time when somebody that just, um, speaks honestly is, uh, is, is a rare thing. Like how is that, you know, what, that was a rhetorical question because I realized that for a lot of people, if they try to answer something honestly, they could lose their jobs. Mm -hmm. You know, um, numerous people, that tweeted all lives matter were viewed as racist and fired um while i believe black lives matter i also think little brown lives matter and little white lives matter and i believe that all life matters like the motto of my company is to preserve and protect human life it doesn't specify what kind of life like it doesn't say well you know unless you have down syndrome then your life doesn't matter you know or oh unless you have Alzheimer's then you're just too old and your brain brain's useless we should just go ahead and um, kill you now Yeah, you know, it doesn't say that it just says preserve and protect human life that's my that's what we stand by um but the council cancel, council cancel culture is so compelling and powerful now where you say the wrong thing even if it's not the truth and you know it's not the truth you still have to say and perpetuate the lie otherwise you're going to be judged for by, by this, by this idiotic collective, like, I love the word idiocracy right now, because the, the definition of it is, it's a group of people that are doing stupid things. And that's what we are doing. Like we, we have a community, especially online of people that are just being dumb and allowing, and, and some of us are being complicit because we have to play along with it, with it out of fear. Mm-hmm. You know, they they call that group, the silent majority, because we are like, oh wait, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to wait. And Hopefully the tide tide will change or or maybe I'll just try to fix it in my in my private ballot booth. Um but by us not standing up and saying the right thing and saying truth and saying, no, pedophilia is wrong. No, sex trafficking is wrong, and we can all agree on that. No, you're like what 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 is what does the constitution say? Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion, prohibiting free exercise thereof, um, abridging the freedom of speech, the press, or the right of people to peacefully assemble. And to petition the government and to redress grievances, okay. And that does not say looting, rioting, burning, assaulting, battery. It doesn't say any of those things. So we can specifically not say protesting, because the moment you throw a brick, the moment you light a building on fire, you're not protected by this anymore, and you have broken the law. So we have to stand up and start using words. Like words have been weaponized, mm-hmm. and we have allowed it to happen. And the fact that you would, that somebody could sit there and say. All lives matter and they lose their job over it, but all lives do matter to include black lives. And we're a complex society in the 21st century. I think we've evolved enough where we can say, yes, there's a problem maybe with even this, the system in some urban communities that we have to address that it makes it very difficult for blacks in Chicago, in Baltimore, in Detroit, to, ri- to rise above whatever socioeconomic level they're at that they are born at or the parents were at and they've been there for the past two generations. Okay. I can say that that's a problem and let's figure out a way to address it. Um, and I can also say that, that recent kid that was just born with down syndrome, whose color of his skin doesn't matter. I also think his life matters.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I hope that's what podcasts bring to the world. Uh, you know, that the long form, cause you mentioned it early on, right? ideas the battlefield of ideas is where the where the positivity is going to come from because bad ideas are going to lose good ideas are going to win when you turn on you know just your television set you don't see that you see curated messages you know i I watched don lemon and sanjay gupta on television the other night and they i mean it was so obvious I saw it coming. It's like, okay, you're setting it up. You're setting it up. And then it was like this big graph that showed the. it was about the flu pandemic of, you know, the early 1900s. And like here was the first wave and then everybody listened for four months and it got better. And then everybody stopped listening. And there was this horrible peak and they were just so trying to scare everybody into their way of thinking. And nobody's there contradicting that they're allowed to speak with no interruptions and what the, the, I don't know. I mean, probably 80, 90% of the people that tune into that, take it as fact and then go and regurgitate that. So for me, like having these conversations and I've had a few with others that, you know, I've left and been like, okay, I have to rethink, maybe I'm not as educated, maybe I'm misinformed, but regardless, these types of conversations, if enough people are having them and enough of this content is getting out there um, and not censored so that people can see it, I would hope that, it slowly starts to reshape how we are as a society maybe what we understand to be true and not true um i don't know i mean that's maybe wishful thinking but um, i don't know another way to to make it happen
1: no yeah you have to you have to converse right you can't silence side. you can't um the, the art of listening is something that's been lost and um I think you have to have a confident person with a certain degree of developed interpersonal skills to sit across from somebody that that you disagree with and listen to their side and listen to their perspective. And um, I I love being challenged about my viewpoints. Um, I, I realize that my the lens that I view this world through is not similar to a lot of people because I have some pretty extraordinary experiences. And, um, and I definitely see the underbelly of society, like the, 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 the real, the real darkness, um, that, that slids and slithers along the ground. Um, and with that, I I have to be challenged constantly about like, no, there, you know, most people are good. Um, you just have to deal with a lot of bad ones. But I, I also have to challenge people where like yes, you live in suburbia, you go to a job with nine to five and your kids go to to soccer this awesome soccer camp, and then they go to like their this nice little fancy league and you guys have access to swimming pools like guess what I go to places where none of those things exist, and I have to be the bearer of bad news that the this that there is a there is this group in this world um that are inherently evil and will do anything to bring your world crumbling down um but the only way to bring that out to your point is to talk and to listen that's the other part of talking conversion conversation is two sides right one's listening one's talking exchanging ideas cross-pollination of thoughts and yahtzee we come to something
0: real yeah it's it's funny because you know as much as i would love to be in front of you shake your hand have a proper handshake and be in person um, this just doesn't feel quite right, but um, this whole Zoom experience over the last couple of months, it's actually helped me. If, if I can say there's a silver lining, it's helped me with the listening because um, almost by default, you have to allow everybody to speak so that you're not talking over each other. Um, and I, I have, I've, I've found myself a few times biting my tongue saying, no, I want this to sound good. And then actually I took something from what the person said that I, I wouldn't have if I would have just quickly given my opinion on something that I thought that I knew. And so that's been a help for me. Um, you know, if I've gotten anything out of it, but it's, you know, it's interesting you bring that point up cause not nobody, most people are listening for the break in the noise so that they can then speak.
1: Yeah. But they're never listening. No. Like that's, I mean, if, if, I mean, if somebody could walk away from, you know, our conversation today, it's like be a better listener what does that mean you have to not only use your ears obviously and and absorb the words that they're saying but then you have to think about those words and what they mean and and then maybe even how to apply them and um, and what it would look like to Then you know, just change heads for a second like take that person that you're listening to and you're just like ah, man this this disgusting um, I'm just gonna be devil's advocate right now like this mega red-hatted is that what it is it magma make make it make america anyways the red hat with the white letters right like this person's wearing this hat this guy's automatically a racist and um you know everything that comes out of his mouth is bigotry and um you know like what what a what a what a horrible person this this stupid uneducated probably illiterate person is and then just stop there for a second and then listen to their words and then Imagine being in their life and shaped those ideas, and inversely, that poor kid in Portland, right? He has bad skin. Um, you know, he's he has bad hair. He looks like he's been sleeping under a bridge for the past two years. Maybe he has. You know, that conservative. That's like those disgusting antifa. You're like, before you throw a stone, maybe try to walk a mile in that poor kid's shoes, and and. Think about him living bridge, which he probably has for the past two years when he graduated with a degree that he couldn't find a job in. And he was so rooted and indoctrinated in these ideas in this in this really progressive university that he went to. And then he realizes that's not the real world. And now he doesn't know what to do. He's been poorly educated. He's been poorly prepared. And now he's in a poor position to face the reality of this world. But you're gonna sit there and judge him because he doesn't agree with your ideas in both of these instances, there's no common ground and there's no commonality and there's no place for somebody to listen. So all we have to do, zip it and listen.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. I appreciate it a ton, Tim. It's uh it was a really good time. And I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that uh, pocket constitution and um, yeah,
1: right here. I'll, I'll, what do you want written in it?
0: Oh man, whatever you want. I, you know, I think uh, I'll leave that one to you. Uh, make it right. make it more memorable for me. And um, I know you're a coffee drinker, so I'll uh, if you if you don't mind. I don't know how you take it if you're a whole bean or a K-cup guy, but uh, I'll have some coffee. I'm not going to even
1: dignify that question with a response.
0: You're a whole bean guy, of course. Okay, good. Yeah. we'll get you some whole bean coffee. I'll get it over to Onnit. You can you can snag it up and uh, let us know what you think. I know you appreciate good coffee, so uh, you're going to have to
1: find where I write in here
0: okay deal that's fair that's fair yeah
1: all right man appreciate it
0: thank you so much